2: I'm Bethy Hungerford, and you're listening to Friends with Recipes, the podcast featuring your favorite people and their favorite recipes. Today's episode brought us northeast of London near the port town of Ipswich, which is the home of today's guest, Sally Emsley. Originally from South Africa, Sally has just recently moved out of Hackney in London to start a new life for her family in the countryside. Not only did we get a glimpse of Sally's incredible stockroom for her secondhand designer clothing business, Manifesto Women, we also took a brisk country walk to a gorgeous abandoned church. We returned just in time to taste Sally's cozy chicken soup. Okay, so we are here in beautiful Ipswich. This, is, this feels like the middle of nowhere. It is. No, is. In, in, the... like, in a good way, not in a bad way at all. But it feels like we should have been on the train for four hours to get here, but it was just like an hour.
3: Yeah, it is. And it's an hour drive as well. I think that's the misconception certainly I had uh, when I was living in Hackney, that anywhere beyond Zone 2 was very far. <laughs> and then you realize you actually take an hour to get to West London Yeah. from East London or an hour to get here. So it's actually the distance. It just feels a lot longer psychologically than it actually is in, yeah. in reality.
2: Um, we live in Dulwich and it takes me an hour and a half. I give myself an hour and a half to get basically anywhere. anywhere in I know. In London. I know. Yeah, so if I could be out, you know, here.
3: <laughs> it literally is in the middle of nowhere, though. It takes a lot getting used to it. and it's so dark at this time of year because there no streetlights. Yeah. And I don't know where I'm going yet, so I often find myself driving along, uh, I mean literally I could be in Bulgaria, like down little country <laughs> roads, yes. following my sat-nav, going turn left and you're literally on gravel path, in the pitch black, yeah, you know, absolutely zero idea. And actually what happened to me the other day, which is another little country thing that you don't have when you're living in a big city, is I started running out of petrol <gasps> oh, with no. my children in the back, in the middle of farm roads, and what suddenly happens is you'll be driving along a route you're familiar with, and next thing you know they've closed the road. So now you run out of petrol in the pitch black with your kids in the back and diverting off into into fields unknown, yeah, an absolute nightmare. So I must admit that was a little bit of a crunch point. Like we're not in Kansas anymore.
2: Um, So I grew up in a small farming town, and I do remember running out of petrol quite a few times,
3: (laughs) (laughs) out on country roads.
2: I know, middle of nowhere. Um, but hold on! I don't know what you're making. Yeah,
3: so I am actually. Well, you know, I'm one, I really am denied about this because, um, as you can tell from my accent, I grew up in um, in South Africa, and we kind of were stuck in the dark ages when it came to cooking. You know, pasta felt um, quite gourmet. Okay. Um, in fact, I don't even think it was around until I was probably in my teens. Pasta. <clears throat> yeah I mean we were in the middle don't don't forget it. so I'm in my quite substantially into my forties now, and I grew up in the deepest, darkest apartheid, so mm. we had global sanctions, yeah rightly so right. you know um so we had to
2: rely on what we had. Within South Africa. So, what did you have in South Africa? That well, you I mean, eat?
3: we, you know, it was all it, we tended to get everything sort of global trends about a decade late. So, in the seventies, we kind of had still had sixties foods, you know, like real basic boiled potatoes and meat, you know, mm-hmm. sort of the meat and two veg kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then in the eighties, it got really seventies. So we had all the, the, the <laughs> all the porcupine, you know, the, you know the pineapple porcupines with cheese yeah. and et cetera.
2: Um, Which I didn't know about until we moved here. Yeah,
3: so we had, we all, you know, and the, the, I mean, there's so much that I was thinking about it, like, my God, my food growing up, you know, I was trying to go through sort of my backstory of recipes to bring you a recipe from childhood, but it's just nothing I would ever, ever eat now. I mean, the microwave as well was massive news. And I remember going to a cookery course with my mum, I must have been 10 or 12, somewhere around there where it was a microwave cookery course and it yeah. taught us how to cook a joint of meat in the microwave. Yeah, my grandma I went mean, to one of those classes. I mean, what were we thinking? It's yeah. you know? so, so like, okay, we're you know what? It's so gross now. <laughs> so at disgusting. The time was like, oh my gosh. I know, this is America. Yeah. <laughs> we can cook dinner in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So are you making yeah. microwave beets for me today?
3: <laughs> no, so I decided against that, okay. and, but also then I was thinking the type of cook I am is that I love just trying new things all the time. I'm a competent, but not brilliant cook, mm-hmm. um, but I just, you know, I, a new recipe will catch my eye and I'll make it. And I actually made this for the first time last week and I just loved it so much. It's from, do you know Lizzie Loves? Lizzie Loves Healthy, I yeah. think her, yeah. Yeah,
2: I'm trying to convince her to be on the podcast. Okay,
3: well, this is one of, her, this is one of hers. Great. Um, and um, I saw it on her Instagram feed, and it's basically one pot chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, we, it feels like a perfect winter recipe. It's so tasty, so easy. Literally throw everything in a pot. We'll go for a walk while it's cooking and come back and have the most delicious Great. chicken Kind of broth soup with a few noodles
2: thrown in. So you put so, so I see. I'm seeing a whole chicken. Yeah, on you the just candy. literally
3: throw. You put the entire, entire chicken thing. in the pot. I mean, I would never. I think it's called braising when you boil meat. Is that what braising means? What does braise I mean? I think I braising remember. is in the oven. So there's some. There's some oh, term. Wait. No, that's roasting, I think. I don't know. There's some term, and I can't remember what it is. Siri? What's it? Braising. Yeah, boiling. It's when you boil meat, which sounds absolutely disgusting. And I have never tried it for exactly that reason. Yeah. But it's
2: delicious. But it makes sense, because that's how you make stock. Because the bones and all the other bits add to the flavor. Yeah,
3: so I've made stock like that, but with chicken carcasses. Mm -hmm. Not actually eating the chicken that you've then boiled. It's amazing. Yeah. So, well, well, hopefully... Fingers well, we'll crossed.
2: Find
3: out. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll find out
2: how amazing it is. Yes,
3: and it's got loads of. I mean, I sort of. The, when I, I didn't have half the ingredients, she suggested it the first mm-hmm. time I made it. So well, it's one of those recipes, which is brilliant because you can just throw in that's perfect. whatever you have. You, yeah. you know, if you've got broccoli instead of celery or leeks or whatever, it's just. So really... it's essentially a chicken soup. It's essentially a chicken soup. Great. Yeah. That's yeah. perfect. Yeah.
2: So there's a pot here on the hob. Yeah. Is the hob on? Or that's the. No. No. Okay. No. Um, something's warm. Oh, it's the kettle. So you've got a massive pot and you have a whole trussed yeah. chicken in there.
3: Yes, I'm putting a massive bunch of parsley. So you've in. not chopped
2: it, chopped it up at all? No. It's just a handful all, of
3: Because so all the vegetables, as you would with any normal stock that you're making, mm-hmm. is you throw them away at the end. Yeah. So this is just basically... This is it's the, the same. broth. Yes. Oh, so, so this is to basically cook okay. the chicken and get the broth. So you retain... Please make sure I retain it at the end and okay. I actually accidentally pour it out with all the vegetables
2: <laughs> because so then no. you're all screwed. Which I nearly
3: did the last time, just oh knocked no. it all through a into the sink. Um, so yeah,
2: so then onions and then we
3: need...
2: Um, so you've not chopped the onions, you've just kind of quartered it? Quartered or?
3: it, yeah. And then I'm just going to quickly um, peel the carrots and put some carrots in. Everything's super roughly chopped because it's in there for flavor. Yeah. Um, Lizzie loves healthy. She's probably going to look at this and think, God, she's bastardizing my recipe. <laughs> <laughs> no, no that's load of rubbish. I can't believe she's doing this. God, I hope I don't mess it up, but I really do. Well, um, okay, so I <laughs> think. This, but it seems like this type
2: of recipe is really hard to mess up. Yes, although... I Because mean, what could you... How could you mess it up if you undercook the chicken or something? Yeah, pour the stock That's, away by mistake. Or, pour yeah. the stock away.
3: <laughs> but even then, then yes. you have a
2: delicious chicken.
3: Totally. No, I mean, it's super simple. Exactly. So, and I actually bought her book. I got so excited by how tasty... Where is it? Um, oh, here we go. So, she brought out a book recently. This, yeah. I don't actually think is in this book. But it's super, you know, it's nothing fancy or fussy it's just really delicious easy recipes and what I really like about it as well is there's a massive focus on nutrition yeah she does have a
2: big nutritious
3: well I think she that is her I think that is her uh, training isn't it as a a dietitian I think
2: that would make sense yeah just given you know watching her stories yeah so you
3: know know why things are being included and what you're getting out of it and what I also I really don't have a sweet tooth at all but I sometimes like having puddings or desserts and she does these kind of um, sugar-free, you know, everything from these, which is uh, sugar-free um, toffee apples to... Sugar-free
2: toffee yeah, apples? Every, How do you so even I, do that?
3: I think she uses, what does she use? Or processed sugar, rice syrup. So she doesn't, I think, and I, again, I might be getting this wrong, it's, everything is gluten-free, processed sugar-free,
2: something oh, she, else. Oh, free. she's using coconut palm sugar. Okay.
3: Yeah. So she substitutes in ingredients all the time. I'm pretty sure it's all yeah, gluten-free all as well. Amazing. So even if you don't follow it exactly, you know what I mean. It's the yeah. ideas as well. Like I mean, I know it sounds ridiculous, but I've never thought of using sweet potato for a shepherd's pie. Storage, you know what I mean? Or chopping yeah. on a. You know, it's just little substitutions that yeah. you can
2: do. And I love that these all look. Um, like it's not like baking where you have to put in this. No. You have to put in that. All of these look really flexible.
3: Well, she, that's what she says. She says she's not a natural baker because of the, exactly that fussiness that puts you yeah. off.
2: She's more of a
3: throw it together and see what magic happens kind of thing, and her, yeah, and which makes her recipe so
2: accessible. Yeah, um, I need to get this cookbook. Yeah. So we're talking about just to be clear, to anybody listening, we're talking about Lizzie loves healthy on. Instagram. Yeah. And she's Lizzie King and she's come out with this book called Healthy Family Food. Oh, here it says, naturally gluten and sugar-free meals you'll all enjoy. And she's really lovely. Yeah. Totally worth it. Yeah. I to get that. I love that you have all of your cookbooks out. I love looking through cookbooks. I
3: know. I read them like actual um, actual <gasps> books. This is my favorite thing
2: though.
4: <gasps> <gasps>
2: this is... <laughs> This is... I got goosebumps. Look, I literally have goosebumps. This is my favorite thing. So you... Can, I pull
3: all the recipes out. And this is how So you I, have... It's like
2: three folders. Yeah, some desserts, Where you've some, clearly just pulled things out yeah, of... Yeah, and cooked them. And then keep them. And I, I tend to Magazines and yes. newspapers. Recipes. Yes. Out of magazines and, and newspapers. And things
3: dating back from like 20 years there that I've just kept. You know, it's oh. some like... You know, you know when you first start out cooking and you don't even know how to make a pancake. So it's like yeah. my, my grand's pancake recipe and you know all that sort of thing. And then as I've obviously got better at cooking, it's more elaborate recipes. Yeah. But it's so. This, this is a leek. This is my grand's leek and potato soup. This is when I. I mean, I think I was even a teenager here because oh my pay, gosh. this is when I was still living in <laughs> South Africa.
2: Amazing. Oh my goodness! I love this sort of thing. This. Yeah, this is why I started Friends with Recipes is because yeah. people used to share. Yes, absolutely. You know, they would have these, you know, yeah kind of compilations like from church or school or whatever of everybody's favorite recipes yeah. in a cookbook all together. And I just love the idea of just... Yeah, my mom's still got you know, those. So a, she's everywhere. everywhere she's got all the recipes. recipes
3: from. So it'll be like, you know, Diana's beetroots, whatever, yeah. you know, Mabel's, what, and then, yeah. yeah, it's amazing, so you know like the legacy of every recipe, yeah. it is, it's incredible, yeah. Oh, yeah, I love that, so that, I think we can just leave to bubble away, and I can't, let me just have a look, where's that recipe gone, how long, I think it's an
2: hour, to an hour and a yeah, half, it hour. already smells good, yeah, so we can do, well, me- I would love to take a look, and I know we're going on a little country yeah. walk, but I would love to just take a look in your... Yes, great. Because you work out of your home.
3: Yes. So um, I have a clothing okay. business called Manifesto Women, which you know. And I have to say that you were one of my first ever supporters. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. I started, I mean, look.
0: That's as a know, surprise to me. Yeah,
3: well, you know you have, when you've started various businesses yourself, you know you start them on a wing and a prayer. Mm-hmm. You, have, you know, you think it's a great idea. You have no idea.
2: Yeah. If it's going to... If it's going to
0: fly, and some
3: do, and some don't. <laughs> if you're don't. just going to lose a ton of money Yeah, and some of them through for no, for no fault of your own, it's all the wrong timing, mm-hmm. or whatever it is, it's like there's so many variables mm-hmm. that come into play. And um, I actually started off with kids, and it, which was working fine, but it was not a money spinner. And, you know, obviously, if you're going to be working, you need it to be financially viable. Yeah. But the whole time I was doing Manifesto Kids, which is secondhand clothing, um, I, I basically, to take a step back, I'm absolutely passionate about the environment and sustainability. And I think fashion, as we all increasingly understand, is one of the major culprits mm-hmm. to, to all various manner of ills, from you know production practices and unfair working and payment, etc, right way through to environmental pollution, mm-hmm. through manufacturing processes but as well as waste. Mm-hmm. And I come from a strategy background, which I did for 20 years. And um, I just, you know, I kind of took a long, hard look at my life and realized that my legacy was non-existent. You know, I was working for corporates, telling them how to make more money. Yeah. You know, it's basically just screwing the consumer with, you know, it just just suddenly felt so wrong. And I think Mm -hmm. as the world moved, you know, I think people were becoming more aware. I certainly was becoming more aware. So, I started kids. It wasn't necessarily viable financially, but loads of people kept saying, When are you doing women? So, I thought, Well. Was it not
2: viable financially because you couldn't make the price point high enough to make it worth all of the various. effort? Various.
3: So, yes. So, the issue with kids' clothes is that the margins are so low. Mm-hmm. So, you have to sell massive amounts of volume. So, what I, to do that, you obviously can't do it yourself mm-hmm. as an individual. So, I launched it as a marketplace, which is a peer to peer marketplace. So Amazon essentially is a, is, a, is a business-to-consumer marketplace, whereas something like eBay is a peer-to-peer or mm-hmm. consumer-to-consumer. So the issues there is that the software is so complex because uh, there's nothing actually exists in a, off the pig. Mm-hmm. So I had to build the whole thing. So, I mean, stumped up masses of cash to do that. And it, it had niggly functionality. Um, but the primary thing, and it's so interesting, is that people buy kids' clothes new or they get passed down. So people yeah. tend to, you know, someone will get, you know, you'll take a whole bag of kids' clothes to your do your maid. Your and, yeah. and then people do a big shop set, Zara or H&M. Mm-hmm. Oh, we need, you know, your kid will grow out of everything and you'll go to H&M and just buy 10 pairs of leggings, yeah. 10 T-shirts, whatever, which is not amazing, but I totally get why it happens. Mm-hmm. So that was also a factor. Um And I think as well, targeting a group who tend to be in the poorest time of their lives, Mm -hmm. which is what new moms are, is not amazing. Yeah, (laughs) Not the cleverest uh, thing. And and absolutely, I do think that there is a massive need for it. And there are lots of companies doing incredible things in the space. But I just know that they are all struggling to make it work financially. But women, obviously, you can charge a lot more. Mm -hmm. People tend to buy on a whim more -hmm. than they do... Uh, For kids as well, which tends to be born out of necessity. Mm
2: -hmm. So the way your business works is somebody sends you a a box of clothes, essentially. So you receive this box of clothes. How much in any given box is going on your... Site. well
3: I and initially I was just taking whatever came at me yeah you know what it's like when you start a business you just say yes you figure it out to everything
2: exactly you know what I mean
3: mm-hmm. and now I've realized that because I am quite particular about taste and I know what sells sometimes it's not even I, I, I sometimes love an item mm-hmm. but I have to say to the person I just don't think my site mm-hmm. is right for that piece well you've said that to me yeah yeah. Exactly, I did. Yeah, which um, but makes now sense. what I'm doing instead of getting the stuff and then having, as you can see, I'm I'm already running out of space. Yeah, is that I get people to take photos uh, before they send things to me, That's and then perfect. I can cull things at the starting yeah. point.
2: So you're not getting a massive
3: yes box you know, of...
2: Unusable fur things. coat that you're not going to sell, yeah. that was expensive to get here, yes. and will be expensive to get back. Yeah, I've got two fur
3: coats. It's so interesting you bring that up
2: because oh, I did okay. a I
3: did a I did
2: a poll. They're real for, fur. They're real fur. This, no, I saw
3: your this, poll this one on is Instagram. mink. I, I, I'm an odd because there's a real thing. I mean, I absolutely, it's already made. <laughs> it's already made. I'm yeah. absolutely against the production of new fur, obviously. Mm-hmm. But there's this part of me thinks, well, this is in existence. Mm-hmm. Um, what you know, and actually, yeah. although if you do, and this is a, a good point to include, is that if anyone does have real fur that they don't know what to do with, apparently animal animal shelters love furs. Oh so yeah. So for abandoned puppies and yeah, everything, it's, I've heard it's, of that. Yeah. So then they sleep on the yeah, fur. So at least so it goes to a, to use to use rather than just being lost. Because these
2: these two jackets that you just pulled out are absolutely. Mean, are Gorgeous. I know, but if I were to wear that out and somebody goes, "Oh my God, is that real fur?" You would probably lie and say, no. "Yeah." <laughs> but it is yeah. a shame because that yeah, is a it's gorgeous, beautiful. gorgeous jacket. That's got to be sixty years old. How old is yeah, that? Yeah, I don't,
3: I don't know. These are both mink. Um oh my gosh. So that's
2: obviously um, an incredibly soft, now. but yeah, but it already exists. And mm-hmm.
3: I think, if, for the record, oh wow. that I've decided not to sell it. You've decided um,
2: not to. No. Okay.
3: I think you know what there's it's making it's an ambiguous area and mm-hmm. I think if something's ambiguous it's probably ambiguous for a reason mm-hmm. and I feel like you know we we in this process with so much aren't we as, as a as a nation and as a as a as, as a world of sort of understanding um I think we'll it basically I think it's one of those things that we'll look back on 10 in 10 years time and be horrified that we even considered it right sure so i just think right now
2: we don't we don't know which way it's no gonna gonna go and i mean i was
3: chatting to other vintage sellers and they were saying because i'm new to to this industry but um some of the people that i collaborate with have been in it for 20 30 years and they were saying it's so interesting because 10 years ago they used to go and do markets with piles of vintage fur Mm. and now they don't at all anymore so interesting so it's definitely and it's right that is it's you know what it's right
2: it just feels wasteful It does feel wasteful, especially when it's that beautiful. I know. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, but I would be uncomfortable wearing that.
3: Yeah. Interesting, hey. And someone else... um Someone else, uh, I had loads of interesting comments coming mm-hmm. through. Someone said, look, they personally don't have an issue with it, but it's too hot to handle, so don't go mm-hmm. there. And someone else said that she has inherited loads of um, vintage furs from her gran mm-hmm. and tr- is, every now and again wears one, but is terrified. She's going to have a bucket of paint poured on her every yes. time she goes out. And, yeah. <laughs> oh <my laughs> and it breaks gosh. my heart. And then you see people and they'll go. And, you know, there are dresses here that you... Let me try and find something that, I, you know, is a good example um, you know, this, this is a silk Philip limb dress and that price <sighs> is, so it was, it would cost 580 pounds new. Oh I'm my. selling it for 60. That's the same price as you'd get yeah. a polyester top shop or Zara yes. number four. And yeah. it kills me that someone will go and buy a high street yeah. that's, you know, that's questionable from the entire way along the kind of yeah. production process. And also not, they won't necessarily feel very good that they'll wear for one season.
2: Yeah. And where's this, this? It's, it's so, beautiful. It's such gorgeous quality. I know.
3: And you'll wear this for, for years and years and yeah. years. And that's, and that's the interesting, so it's, it's really, you know, trying to get, get people to understand that kind of equation.
2: Yeah. But I, th- I think you'll get there because your stuff is, Ooh, is so beautiful. And so well curated, but that's, that's what it comes down to. That's why people follow, you know, some of these fashion Instagrammers have such a huge following because they're curating it for, for someone like me, that's a bit fashion dumb. You know, I need, I need that.
3: It's so interesting because I often think that you say that because I have often wondered why some of the, um, sort of fashion people on Instagram have such a massive following Mm -hmm. because it's just them every day in an outfit. Which, for me... For you, you don't... don't, But it's not for you. No, but that's for me. (laughs) Yeah, no, no. It's so interesting. You've just given me a real insight.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
2: The church Sally took me to on our walk has sat abandoned for a while now. There's been some vandalism, but it's mostly the same as it was when it was still being used, and it is beautiful. So I've been singing in churches since I was a kid, and it's difficult for me to go into a church with an acoustic such as this one and not sing. So please indulge me for a moment as I test the acoustic and then get a bit gushy about music making. I promise it's quick. So it's just always unlocked, this church.
3: Yeah. It's amazing. It, unfortunately, there has been a little bit of vandalism in one of the back rooms. But oh, no. Yeah, but by and large, it's... Oh, my
2: goodness. It's untouched.
0: Yeah. Wow.
2: Wow. Oh my gosh! It's yeah. just so cool. I know. The, we'll post some pictures on the blog, but this is like we're in this tiny little alcove with this beautiful stone baptistry with carvings all over it, and this this checkerboard floor that is just covered in dirt and rock and soot, just from age. Just from yeah. age. I can't be in a church and not sing something. I was
3: thing. just about to say, I'm <laughs> yes. waiting for you to break into song,
2: please do. Um, oh, well I could just do, I'm trying to think, okay, of the rock pieces, I know. Okay. What could I do off the top of my head? <clears throat> this is the wrong key, hold on. That's all I'll do. <laughs> that was
3: incredible. It was in- incredibly,
2: in the incredibly wrong key. Doesn't <laughs> matter. It was amazing. And let me do one more. This is from Older. This is, this is um, medieval. Um...
3: God should I have a go,
4: yeah, go, 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 go. <laughs> no, you, you know? no.
2: <laughs> definitely not I, I love singing in churches because the acoustics well but then I'm now joining a line of thousands of people over hundreds of yes. years who have also made music in this exact acoustic yes. yeah it's it true. blows my mind yeah I, no, I get oh, it this is why I love old churches yeah there's just that, that sense history of history here. in place
3: yes exactly
2: oh I'm so glad you took us here. And
3: I knew you'd love it. I do.
2: So what we haven't really talked much about, which is something I really find fascinating is, so you kind of mentioned that things were behind, food-wise, in... In apartheid, yes. Right, in South Africa. Yeah. And so what did you grow up eating? Like, what would a... What would a weeknight?
3: I mean, it was really very be. traditional cooking, and I, I don't think my family were an anomaly. I think this, it's, you know, you never know really, but so it's I think meat and potatoes. Meat you and say. potatoes is so. You might have heard of the term braai, which is basically a barbecue. Okay. A bry, yeah, so you right. Boom, yes. Cook meat, um, and that's massive and always has been. And then we've got. And that's you cook it outside. Outside, because okay. I mean the climate is so mild. Yeah. Um, and there's a sausage called burevoss, which is basically farmer's sausage. Uh-huh. Um, that, yeah, I've never. I don't think there's anything like it here. Um, which is uh, actually everyone loves it. All my English friends who I've introduced to it do love it. Um, and it's very meat-heavy. Basically, there's biltong, which you've probably yes. heard of.
2: But you wouldn't eat that for a meal.
3: No. So we'd sit down and have burevoss and steak, and uh, do you call them chops here? Maybe cutlets.
2: Yeah, like pork <laughs> much tops? more
3: refined. Yes, yes. So it would, it would be yes, exactly. Uh, or lamb chops. Okay. I um, mean, massive lamb farming
2: in South Africa. Um, so loads of meat. Loads of meat. Would you have multiple different kinds of meat in yes. one? In one <laughs> a meal. mixed a mixed grill. I mean, that's a South
3: yeah. African stable. That's a thing. Okay. And if you really push <clears throat> in the road out, you go surf and turf. Okay. Which it, <laughs>
2: So what, what would the surf be then?
3: So the surf would be, you might have a prawn sauce on your Prawn steak. sauce, what
2: is that? Well, like cooked that?
3: prawns so they're all shrimps in like a garlic and lemon butter sauce.
2: And, and then you pour that on, on the meat. On the meat, yeah. I've never um, heard of that.
3: Look, to be fair, I mean, I'm painting a grim picture. It's obviously progressed. No, it's not grim. It's just different it's, than what I'm used well, to. Well, it's progressed a lot. I mean, this is, remember... Um, in the 70s and 80s. So yeah. it's very, very international now, the cuisine. Um, yeah.
2: Like you would find in London, you know, you have everything. Under everything now. But yeah. but I find it interesting to know, like, what you ate growing up. Yes. So, like, on a Wednesday night, it would mostly be, like, meat.
3: Yeah, meat or lots of, like traditional thing like I remember chicken ala king did you ever get that I've heard of it but I don't actually know oh what God, it is terrible it's terrible. <laughs> it's like, I, it's like, I'm gonna get it, but I can't remember the exact thing but it's something like chicken and peas and a sort of milky cream sauce with pasta but you know bland boarding school stuff and yeah. um you know lots of things like shepherd's pie um or we called it what do we call it we didn't call it shepherd's pie we called it Else and I can't remember but it was egg. basically
2: an English yeah. style shepherd's pie. And
3: yes, and then there's this thing which is horrific, which South Africans love. And it's called babuoti. And it is essentially, if you imagine a savory trifle, is essentially what we're talking about. Okay. It's like all the foods, it shouldn't be together in one dish, which is curried mince with egg, raisins,
2: uh-huh.
3: and I think there might be a potato topping, but I can't remember. But it's just
2: dreadful. I mean, a lot of South Africans will shoot me when they hear the saying <laughs> <this>. <laughs> But yeah. it doesn't sound unlike coronation chicken, to be honest. Oh, yes.
3: It's a sort of curry these sweet and savoury, all b- bonged together. Yes, absolutely.
2: Yeah, so Americans uh, won't know what coronation chicken is. But it's, yeah, it's chicken in a curry sauce with raisins. and So it's the same idea, but you're yes. saying it's beef.
3: Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, we a staple of my kind of later childhood, so sort of in my teens, was going mussel picking. And then you all. Going what? Mussel picking. Oh, muscle picking, yeah. So, and then we'd cook them on the beach um, in a garlic and lemon butter and eat them. We've got this thing in South Africa as well called a scuttle, Okay. Which is essentially i don't know if you have them in other countries or cultures i'm not sure which is basically like a gas canister with a pole attached to it and then like a frying pan but like a really almost like a wok a wok but a flat wok okay. and we you everywhere you go in south africa any event everyone pitches up with their squattles <laughs> and cooks it tends to be meat but often breakfast like pork sausages and eggs on the squattle or you go to the beach and you use it to cook your mussels on the beach
2: um, I've, I've never heard of that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it is a most bizarre, not, not in a bizarre way, yeah. but just in a way that like, well, why don't more people do yeah. that? Because oh. you'd show up with like a, uh, what is that called? A hibachi or like a little grill that you would put meat on the grill, but it, you wouldn't do it, it like in a wok yeah. bowl. Kind of yeah, I mean, they are situation. hugely
3: useful, but they are—they do feel incredibly 70s. You know, okay. it's, it's totally something. Do people
2: still use them? Yes.
3: Well, interestingly, because I posted, you know, in sort of a sort of nostalgic trip, I posted some photos on Facebook, you know, back in the days we were all yeah. on the beach. And then I made some flippant remark about, you know, uh, the old squirtle, And everyone was like, oh, no, they're still alive and well. <laughs> <laughs> we all still use them. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a genius invention. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so there's that. And then we had, I mean, I'm sure vegetarians everywhere in the 70s and 80s had a bit of a raw deal. Um, because it it's mostly meat. Meat. And then, yeah, and we had, it was always, when you go into any restaurant, there was one vegetarian dish uh-huh. that was the veg platter. And it was okay. literally, you tend to be a steak board just to really rub it <laughs> And there were, and, like a wooden steak board filled with like the most basic vegetables. So it was always, do you get jam squash here? gem squash, squash. Like, gem
2: lettuce but I've not heard yeah
3: so you get like it's almost like um, I mean I haven't seen it actually to be interestingly in supermarkets here but it's like, almost like a kind of a sort of a pumpkin-y um, flesh so it'd be that with a knob of butter in it and some creamed spinach remember the days where there was yeah, creamed spinach I actually love
2: night. creamed spinach um,
3: And but but basically you know you get this assortment of vegetables and yeah. that's it that was your option Um so yeah, I mean, it would be incredibly hard to be a vegetarian in in South Africa back then. And then,
2: so that would be dinner. Yes. What would you do for breakfast? Um. Growing up. So
3: again, so there's another thing that's quite South African. There's, I think you get it here now called um, well, you get pro-neutro here, right?
2: I've I don't never know. heard of that, but it's, maybe Brits know what it is.
3: So essentially, it's like um. Do you get uh, uh, oats here that you make porridge out of? In uh-huh. South Africa, it tends to be made from maize, okay. uh, kind of a maize meal. In, in... Oh, was it
2: like grits in America?
3: I made yes, yes. So it's like and uh, or polenta in yeah. Italian. Yes. Yeah. And um, and people would make porridge, and that's the African community you call it putu. It's a staple of uh, sort of an African diet. Um, it's either eaten on its own or used. Actually, it's cooked quite hard, and then they use it to um, so almost make balls of it, and then use it to pick up um, sauces from, okay. from,
2: from from stews or, or. But you would eat it kind of as a porridge as for breakfast. As a porridge. Breakfast? And what is it, sweet or savoury?
3: Um, it's sweet at breakfast time, but okay. you make it savoury in the evenings. But interestingly, it's only more recently, actually, almost with the adoption of. More Italian ways of cooking, etc., that it's become
2: savory. Savory. Yeah. Because that's how yes. the
3: Italians Exactly. Eat
2: it. mm. Okay, so we've just come back into your house and it the whole house sma- I mean not the whole house, because it's a massive house, but this room smells so delicious. No, it so does, delicious. it permeates
3: the whole house. I was reading the comments mm. on, you know, because Lizzie um posted this on Instagram. Yeah. And everyone was saying just the smell is is amazing. Mm
2: it just it. smells comforting
3: yeah <laughs> it is it is it's exactly that it's very kind of it just smells nutritious and wholesome yeah all right so what i'm going to do now is i it's that nearly finished cooking so i'm just chopping a few little bits and pieces that we can throw into the um well these are baby the leaves stock. yeah from south africa there we go oh there we go planned, <laughs> planned obviously um <laughs>
2: It's on brand.
3: Yeah. And I'm going to do some leeks. It says carrots, but I actually don't like the idea of carrots in it. So Mm -hmm. I did... I don't actually know if I've got broccoli. I might just see if I have some, because I think it's nicer with a bit of broccoli thrown in. I might try some courgettes. Do you think courgettes would go nicely? Yeah. I feel like
2: this is the type of meal that you can just throw anything in. Yes. Actually
3: we don't... Oh yeah, there is a courgette. I might just... I might um, kind of... um, Peel it,
2: you know, rather than slice it. Yeah, and while, it. while you peel that, do you mind if I look through your refrigerator? Yeah, go for it, go for it. This is one of my favorite things to do.
3: Yeah, there's a mix of good and bad, as every household almost yeah. certainly has.
2: lots of eggs. How do you make your eggs? Because you've got loads here.
3: I do, um, I love pancakes, and I'm actually from the, and I, I love normal pancakes, but I also make Oats, banana, and egg pancakes, which is a like little protein hit.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, without all the white flour and everything else. Yeah. And, that, and milk.
2: So that's it's so. Really... when you say pancakes, do you mean like what oh, I would mean? An okay. American pancake? Or do you mean... Oh, no, but this is so
3: interesting because okay. actually you as Americans, the British and South Africans, all have different versions. Yeah. So for us, <laughs> for us, a flapjack is what you would call a pancake.
2: Okay. So like a thick, spongy... American pancake. Yeah.
3: Which I don't know. What are they called here? Are they, what are those
2: called? Here, those are that's called like a Scottish, pie- a Scottish pancake or an yeah, American well, pancake. No, Australians call those
3: haglets. And for us, haglets. Yeah. And for I've us, a, um, refrigerator a um a um a, a pancake is a crepe.
2: So it's so, a flat, so, big one. Yeah. So when you're saying a regular pancake, you mean you make lots of crepes. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. And yes. what do you put in the crepes?
3: Um, I actually just have it super light, just with lemon juice and cinnamon. I really don't have a sweet lemon tooth- juice and cinnamon. Yeah,
2: I've heard lemon juice and sugar. I've not heard. I lemon don't juice.
3: you see the thing? Lots of people put sugar with it. I just don't have a sweet tooth at all, at all, at all. So if I make green ju- or juice, you know, like a smoothie, I only for things like celery and broccoli savory and savory slightly more savory yeah, cucumber too. to sweeten it almost kind of thing
2: yeah um but you wouldn't do like a carrot apple base because those are quite sweet really sweet yeah i struggle a lot yeah so you've also got lots of cheese oh yeah i'm a cheese fiend are you okay. yes you've uh, got a lot of cheddar yeah well that's actually
3: more for the kids to okay. be honest
2: um they, gorgonzola that for you yeah that's for me and now, so as a cheese fiend, and then you have um, kind of these little process slices. Oh, that's
3: my husband. I have it? Bet I hold no responsibility for those <laughs> things. I wasn't... I uh, actually saw those this morning. I thought, I bet you, Beth is <laughs> going to
2: land on those things. It's my
3: bloody husband. No, he but you know that what? Stuff.
2: Do you know what? I really, because I grew up eating these and I really prefer them on a... Um, burgers! Yes! That's what he puts them on. He was like, yes. you can't have so normal cheese, you
3: have to have plastic cheese on a burger. Yes,
2: because yeah. my husband is very much a foodie yes. and he he started buying those for burgers and I was mortified having them in my fridge. And then I was like, actually, I really, really prefer it. Yeah, no, like
4: he's that. the same.
2: So you've got a lot of um, wrapped meats in here
3: oh yeah I'm afraid that is my downfall actually is that I do I mean I know that they're incredibly bad for you um, but you know braziola cured meats meats. you have all the salt and the fat but it is my it is my kind of um, Mm. that more so than sweets are my kind of
2: so you've got like a big hunk of um, so you've got how do you say, it? Brez Bresaola.
3: Well, I think again, it's something I've only ever read, if I'm honest. Yeah, but Bresaola Breza- is how Brezaola. I would say it, but I don't know if that's tr- if that's um, right.
2: Well, yeah, it's, it's Italian, Bresaola della della Valdellina. <laughs> you go for it. Yeah.
4: <laughs> All the Italian
2: <laughs> listeners are going, shut. Up. It's like you're hurting my. ear. <laughs> <I know. laughs> So how do you eat, like you've just got, oh, these are slices of ham. So do you do yes. these for like- Those actually, I don't or? eat, I don't
3: eat ham. So that's, again, my husband. So that fridge is, again, not ours. Really annoying. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he eats ham. I don't actually eat ham.
2: Okay. For any particular reason or you just don't I like- I just don't
3: like it? the taste. Yeah. Although I'll eat chorizo. I'll eat other pork-based products. I don't like the- But just the, like way it's the prepared. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Lots of juices and kid- stuff lots of lemons what do you do with your lemons
3: um so i have them on absolutely everything i love lemons again it's that savory tooth so yeah. i'll put them on anything from steak amazing
2: to lemon on steak, steak mm-hmm. to any
3: soups usually i'd love a few lemons in here i'm not going to just because it's my like you know I, I know i appreciate it not everyone likes lemon with everything but anything any meal chicken fish obviously yeah yeah even things like risottos I and put you just those. squeeze
2: it in yeah love them and then some chorizo. Yeah. And do you, ooh and you've got <laughs> triso and chorizo like bites.
3: Yes, yeah, so the yes, yeah, bites. So they are you know what I quite I am trying to cut down on my meat consumption <laughs> Well, you're South African,
2: it's, it's, like everyone it's is. in your blood. But
3: what I do find sometimes when you just want a meat flavor, but you don't necessarily want meat, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I use things like pancetta or chorizo mm-hmm. to just give a flavor without mm-hmm. being...
2: So in in a dish that could have been vegetarian, but then with yeah. a bit of chorizo like, on like top soup. or something.
3: So I often do a little bit of, like I'll do a beautiful uh, like white bean and tomato and chili mm-hmm. soup and then just sprinkle a little bit of chorizo on the top. I do a lot on of the top.
2: that sort of thing yeah. as well.
3: So I just need to get this chicken out of the pot. I've managed to not throw the stock away, which is always good Yay. news. Um, and then so you're just lifting the entire chicken out, out of, of the, the pot.
2: pot. All of this veg now is done. It's, it's done, yeah. It's I'm just going to get the last duty.
3: the stock into this pot here. Um, and get all of that in there. And then um, throw the kind of vegetables that were in the stock away. Smells delicious. Grab some water.
2: So, did you taste this at all as you were cooking? Yeah, you know, well, I just realized I actually didn't. I literally have zero idea what is going go on. Let's find out. We can I bet. Let get in before you do. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it will need some salt. Ooh. Mmm. Mm. No, it's really good. It's really good, right? Mm. I'm so relieved, thank God. It's so comforting. Yeah.
3: It's just such a... Um, it's a perfect lunch because you feel full yeah. without um, feeling gross. You know they
2: that sometimes you can... Mm. No, it's just a really... There aren't too many flavors going yeah. on. You don't taste the miso at all. It's mm. really just for kind of mm. um, breadth of flavor. Mm. Does that sound winky? <laughs> breadth of flavor. Um, but yeah, you you don't taste the miso. It just adds, adds to the depth, d- dimension. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then you can really taste the chicken. Yeah, which is rare. I yeah. think because usually chicken is kind of a.
3: I, I know what you mean. It a base flavor. Well, Not even. It's almost like just a, a carrier. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And it's a it for
2: the curry or yes. for the you know. Yes. But you can actually taste the mm. chicken, which is lovely. Mm. And the and the veg, delicious. Mm. Thank you. Mm. Yeah, but your eyes probably does need a bit of salt. <laughs> you can get Sally's recipe for chicken soup, courtesy of my friend Lizzie Loves Healthy, at friendswithrecipes.org. And Sally can be found on Instagram as Manifesta Woman. You can find this podcast on Instagram as friendswithrecipes. Please share, subscribe, rate and review this podcast as it makes a real difference and is truly appreciated. A big thanks to Sally for being on the show. Before I left, Sally wanted to read me the review that she'd left on iTunes for the podcast. Load of rubbish. I can't believe she's doing this. I mean, I kind of wish I'd asked her before having her on the show, but too late now. Tune in next week for another episode of Friends with Recipes. See you then. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hold up.